0: Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. morning. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here today. If you are new this morning here in Pittsburgh or in Columbus, my name is Kyle and we're so excited to have you with us today. We are starting a new series this morning called Responsibility What happens next is all that matters. And I think this series specifically is going to be a great series for God to do a work in some people's heart as we look at uh, specifically what this word responsibility means. In fact, if you were to just give us a, a definition for this specific series, it would simply mean your response after something happens. Let's say that together in both locations. Your response after something happens. See, God cares more about how you respond after something happens than he does that something happens. See, God cares more about how we respond when something happens than that something has happened. In fact, when something happens, God believes, and Scripture confirms it, that when something happens, it's a time for Christians to let their light shine. When something bad happens, or something hurtful happens, or, or there's just a, a bad situation that takes place, God doesn't cause it, but He does expect us to respond in a way that glorifies Him and glorifies what God wants to get accomplished on this earth. Amen? And so as a result of that, our response matters after something happens. Now I say all of this, but you all weren't with me on Memorial Day when my six-year-old decided to jump in a bunch of muddy puddles and we didn't have a change of clothes for him. I mean, that's a true story. We're out at my in-law's house, actually my in-law's grandparents' house. There's like 60-some people there. We didn't bring any extra clothes. Luke just had on what he had on. And it's kind of raining off and on, and there's puddles everywhere. And, you know, I just decided that puddles are not for Peppa Pig, you know, alone. They're also for kids like Luke. And every single puddle that he saw, the child jumped in. Every one of them. I mean, and I said, Luke, I don't know. Mom's not going to be too happy with it. He's like, well, you're going to tell her? And I'm like, (laughs) well, I mean, son, you know, she's going to see you. He's like, cool. (laughs) Kid continued to jump in puddles all over the place. And I thought, my wife's response after what he's done is not going to be too good. So (laughs) about that time, my wife sees him. says, Luke, what have you done? He goes, I've been jumping in puddles. <laughs> and Whitney said, "Ah, don't worry about it. We'll go to Dollar General and get you some clothes." He kind of looked at me like, "See?" <laughs> my my response wasn't as good as my wife's response. See, how we respond when people jump in puddles or more importantly when other things happen in life is a big deal. See, sometimes I'm going to create some tension today. Here in Pittsburgh and in Columbus today, we're going to create a little attention. But sometimes in our life, we think because we're right, it justifies how we respond. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, I'm right so I can act stupid because I'm right, right? Now, we may not admit this out loud, but sometimes because we think we're right or sometimes we know we're right, it justifies... Or behavior. And God wants us to act right when we're right, okay? So I'm just going to, real, real quickly today, how do you respond in a few different scenarios? You ready? How do you respond when the status quo changes, all right? Some of us, we don't like change. We don't like change at home. We don't like change at work. We don't like change in the church. We don't like when new move, neighbors move in or neighbors move out because we don't like change, How do you respond? How do I respond when the status quo changes? Now let's get a little bit deeper here. How do you respond when someone says something offensive to you? Or if you're like me, that one doesn't bother as much as someone saying something offensive about someone you care about. Got quiet in here. Probably quiet in Columbus as well. Someone says something offensive to you. Or someone you care about what's your responsibility? How do you respond after they say that? What about this one? Okay. This one, I got to be, I'm just going to be honest. This one here is my struggle, the one I'm getting ready to talk about. Okay. When nothing goes according to the plans that you had in your mind. Now, let's just be honest. A show of hands in Columbus and here, here in Pittsburgh today, how many of you struggle when things don't go according to plan? Let's put the hands up, okay? The rest of you are lying, all right? <laughs> I know you're lying in Columbus as well. None of us like that, okay? I remember just an example of this real quick. Uh, it was a, my day off Friday, and so I picked... During the school year, I picked up the house really well, and I had a surprise. I was going to surprise my family, and we were going to go out to eat and just hang out together on a Friday night, and I'd just been painting this picture in my mind, because this sometimes will happen to you, right? You get this expectation in your mind. We talked about that uh, just a couple weeks ago. We get this expectation in our mind. I had this expectation of how Friday night was going to go. You know, the children were going to be calm. My wife and I were going to have some intelligent conversation. Okay. The steak was going to be cooked just right. All right. Then we were going to stop off. They didn't have pineapple whip yet. But by the way, here in Pittsburgh, they got pineapple whip. That's awesome. But they didn't have that. So we were going to get some ice cream and then we're going to go, you know, rent a movie and, and watch this movie together. That's the picture I had painted in my mind. Well, with that ideal painted in my mind, after school, my wife proceeds to tell me, oh, I've got a headache. My sister wants us to run by the bowling alley and and see our nephews and nieces. And she just went ahead and ordered pizza, bowling pizza, and we're just going to eat that. And then I got to go home and and we've got all this stuff we got to do. And I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I had to apologize to my family. I didn't handle that too well. All right? Because that is not what I wanted to do on Friday night is eat bowling alley pizza And meet, you know, and hang out with with my nephews. I love my nephews, but that's not what I had planned that night. See, what happens when nothing goes according to plan? How do you handle it? How about this one? When you fail or someone else fails, what's your response? When you don't get your way, as I said earlier. See, our response is our responsibility. We can't control what happens to us, but we certainly can control how we respond to what happens to us. So the question this morning is, what determines our responsibility? I'll tell you what determines our responsibility when they tell you you're going to eat bowling pizza, right? No, that's not what determines our responsibility. See, our responsibility is either determined by the spirit nature, which is the Holy Spirit that we invite into our hearts when we ask Jesus into our hearts, or the sinful nature See, our responsibility, our ability to respond when something goes wrong, something goes haywire, something doesn't go according to plan, is either determined by the spirit nature working in us. Oh, baby, you got muddy puddles? Don't worry about it. Or the sinful nature. What? Are you serious? And then they just go off, right? So Paul says, listen, your response matters to God. Your response matters to God more than whatever happened. So Paul says, let the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit nature, guide our lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. Paul goes on to say the sinful nature wants to do evil. Everybody say evil in both locations. Evil. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. So what we see in these passages of scriptures, as Paul talks about it, is that the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So what we have here is a failure to communicate because the spirit nature wants one thing and the sinful nature want something else. Have you ever felt this way before? If you're a human being, you have. It's like, you know, one of those cartoons where you have the angel on one side and, and the devil with pitchforks on the other side. You have these, okay, I know I should respond this way, but I want to respond this way. And can I tell you, it's in those moments that we reveal our character. And it's in those moments that God sees what Jesus looks like or a really, really bad example of what Jesus doesn't look like, that people think he looks like. See, God desires that our responsibility would be controlled by the spirit nature rather than the sinful nature. That's what we're talking about today. Let's read it together in both locations. God desires that our responsibility would be controlled by the spirit nature rather than the sinful nature. Man, there's examples throughout Scripture where good people were controlled by the spirit nature and good people weren't always controlled by the spirit nature. We, we all remember Joseph and David from Scripture. Maybe not. Some of us maybe for the first time have been here or, or we don't know this story. If you don't know the story, there's a story of Joseph and David both being confronted with sexual temptation. Let's just talk about it, guys, for just a minute. And gals... Joseph was a good man. You can read about him in Genesis, starting with, in chapter 37. Joseph was a good man. Joseph did what God wanted him to do. But for whatever reason, Joseph is, finds himself in this guy's house named Potiphar. And his wife is attractive. And, and Joseph is, you know, kind of well-built and handsome. And Joseph's wife comes on to David several times. And not only does she come on to him, but at some point she touches him. Okay, she touches him. She takes it to another level and says, come to bed with me. Now, Joseph did not ask for her to respond like that. Joseph did not ask her to, to come on to him. But Joseph's now got a responsibility with his responsibility. And Joseph's scripture says runs out of there. In fact, so quickly that he leaves his cloak in her hand. On the other hand, we see David, who's supposed to be going off to war. We know David from Scripture to be a man after his own heart. And David finds himself on a rooftop one day. You know, and we don't read this all the time in Scripture. Scripture says he's on a rooftop. He sees a naked lady over there, decides, hey, who is that? And bring her to him. And they sleep together, and then there's this big issue. But what we don't talk about is when these kings went off to war and David stayed, the Bible doesn't say how many times David went up to the rooftop before he gave in. We assume it's once because that's the way we've always preached and what we read, but maybe he came, he went up to the rooftop Monday and he said no. And Tuesday, he said no. And Wednesday, he shouldn't even be up there, but he's up there. I can't prove this, but this could happen. And rather than running the way that Joseph did, David lingers. Both good people. Joseph ran, David lingered. Joseph ran, David lingered. Joseph ran, David lingered. Say it with me in both locations. Joseph ran and David lingered. Responsibility. Joseph ran and David lingered. And because Joseph ran and because David lingered, there was a ripple effect in different directions. So this morning I got to thinking about that. What is our response when temptation comes? It's not always sexual temptation. Sometimes it's relational temptation. Sometimes it's that temptation that says someone says something to us and we want to say something back. So I want to ask us four tough questions today. Okay, this is a little bit different type of a message. This is more of a, a kind of a reflective message to think about where we're at on this scale of responsibility. Which nature are you feeding and which nature are you starving? In your relationships, in, in, your, in your quiet time, in, in your, the things that you say, in the things that you think, in the places that you go, Which nature are you feeding? Are you feeding the spirit nature? The spirit nature which produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Or are you producing the sinful nature? And I have to be honest, probably a lot of us would say in some areas we're good, but in some areas we're not so good. Some of us could check off and say, you know what? I'm feeding the spirit nature with my mouth. I don't gossip about people. I don't talk about people behind their back. I know people that do, but I don't. And at the same time, you, I'd say that. You might say, well, I don't talk about people behind my back, but I don't always look at things on my phone. I should. See, God doesn't want just compartments of our life. He wants all of it. Which nature are you feeding and which nature are you starving? Because remember what we talked about when it came to soul care. If you're you're new this morning, we've been talking about how our soul care time, that time in prayer, that time in fasting, that time in God's words, those are spiritual disciplines that help us build up that spirit nature. See, spiritual disciplines feed the spirit nature and they starve that sinful nature. And a lack of spiritual disciplines starve the spirit nature and it feeds the sinful nature. This morning, I'm not trying to sound like a theologian or or turn this into a college professor class, but the reality is we need to know these things today. Because for some of us, how in the world am I thinking like this? Why am I thinking like this? Why are my thoughts going there? Why are my actions going there? Why is this happening to me? I just feel nothing. It could simply be that your spiritual disciplines are lacking. It's not always the case, but it's a good place to start. How is your time with God? If you have a tendency to run your mouth and say things you, sh- you shouldn't, and you're not spending time with God, guess what's going to creep up? Any issue that we deal with, whatever it is. If we're not staying in connection with God, that spirit nature starts to atrophy. See, whatever we're spending our time doing and putting first is what strengthens, and whatever time that we're not spending time doing weakens. Question two, who has authority over how you respond when something happens? You all know on your phone, when you're in the car and you're driving down the road, Apple's got this new thing on your phone where it says, basically, you're driving right now, so don't text. So you have to actually deactivate it to to get on your phone while you're driving. In other words, you have to override, even though I'm driving right now, I'm going to pretend I'm not, so I can, I got smiles on your faces, I know what's going on. See, even though we put God in charge, God does not control us. He allows us to make decisions. It's called free will. And we can override what we've set up the same way we do a text when we're driving. And we can say we have authority over how to respond rather than God. So who has authority over how you respond when something happens? You? Or do we allow God? Maybe for some of us, we're not sure. Well, if you're not sure, ask the people closest to you. If you aren't sure, they'll tell you how you're doing. How am I doing with letting God have all of me? Ask your wife. She'll tell you. I'm not asking her. Ask your husband. Ask your kids. Ask your your parents. Question three. What would need to change in your life? Again, this is a different message today. This is causing us to think. What would need to happen, Columbus? What would need to happen, Pittsburgh? What would need to change in your life for God to have more authority over how you respond when something happens? Now, let's just think about that for a second, okay? What would need to change in our life for God to have more authority over how we respond when the status quo changes, when someone says something offensive, when change takes place, when the doctor comes in and the report's not very good, when someone misunderstands us or misunderstands someone we care about, what would need to change so that we would respond like Jesus rather than on our sinful nature? Jesus said, if you love me, You'll obey my commands. Not just when it's sunny. When it's raining and even even when it's storming. I mean, imagine, imagine what that would look like. Imagine what would happen. Question four. If God had complete authority over how you respond, what ripple effects would it cause? Let's just start small and go, let's start micro and go macro here this morning. What would it cause with your kids and your spouse or or your, your neighbors or or the people you work with? What would it cause if we started living to where God had complete authority over our lives? That God wasn't just in the car of our life, but he was driving the car. I, I can tell some of us, we're just kind of We're just letting this pass like a tornado. We'll just let this pass and then I'll get about my day. But for some of us today, really, life's not working for you. You're frustrated. Could it be that God doesn't have authority over your mouth? God doesn't have authority over what you think. Every time you get in a tempting situation, you give in because you've not given God authority. What would happen in your personal life and in your family and in in their community, what would happen if we would start giving God authority? What ripple effects would that cause? <clears throat> the other thing that's hard is, I don't know about you, but it's easy sometimes for us to feel like we have to do these things. Here's another list of do's. I've got to try to do better I've got to try a little bit harder with my words or my thoughts or my tongue. Folks, it's not something you do. It's something that you allow Him to do in you. I didn't hear very many amens this morning and maybe not in Columbus either. Let me read that again. It's not something you do. It's something you allow Him to do in you. Amen. Amen. See, it's about surrendering. It's about letting go. God desires that our response ability would be controlled by the spirit nature rather than the sinful nature. So here's what I'm gonna ask us to do today. I'm just gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. You may be coming to church 50 years or you just showed up today for the first time. It doesn't matter Is there an area in your life that you are allowing the sinful nature to dictate rather than the spirit nature? That's you today. You just simply pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I give you this area or these areas that I'm letting, I'm starving you out. Just tell him what those are. And Father, I pray that your spirit nature would take over A, B, and C. And I invite you to come in, Lord, to these areas. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe there's someone in here today that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and so your life is filled with the sinful nature the way that all of ours are when we're born, and you'd like the spirit nature to come in. You just simply have to say this, Lord God, I've been trying to do this on my own. And Father, I know that you died on the cross for my sins and and you raised from the dead. And so today I surrender my heart and my life to you. And I invite you to come into my heart. I invite you to put your spirit nature in me. Take out the old sinful nature in Jesus' name. In both locations, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed one of those prayers, would you just slip your hand up real quick? God, you see those hands in Pittsburgh you see those hands in columbus with every head bowed and every eye closed I just want to tell you this if you ask jesus into your heart for the first time today in columbus or here in pittsburgh i'm going to ask that you take one of those connect cards here in pittsburgh or get with pastor sean in columbus and let them know as a testimony we'll get you a bible and we'll get you started down that road father god we thank you today for who you are We thank you that you love us, that you've called us, Lord, according to your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that our responsibility is our responsibility. Thank you, Lord, that we can be controlled by your spirit and we can live the life that you've called us to live. And all God's people in both locations said, amen, amen. Let's stand together and let's worship the Lord today.